Welcome to The Intelligent Asset, a podcast on digitizing enterprise asset management, developing intelligent interactions, and building systems of intelligence for asset operations. For industry professionals who work in EAM and facilities management across transportation, the public sector, utilities, manufacturing, and large enterprises. We want to tie the global challenges we all share to the world of enterprise asset management and how we can all make change for the better, building a more sustainable collective future. And this episode is brought to you by IBM Maximo. For more on getting the most out of the world's leading asset management system, check out certasolutions.com. Welcome to The Intelligent Asset, a podcast on digitizing enterprise asset management, developing intelligent interactions, and building systems of intelligence for asset operations. For industry professionals, who work in EAM and facilities management across transportation, public sector, utilities, manufacturing, and in large enterprises. We want to tie the global challenges we all share to the world of EAM and how we can all make change for the better, building a more sustainable collective future. I'm Sam Williams, and together with Michael Kahir, we're the co-hosts of The Intelligent Asset. What's happening, Michael? Hi, Sam. Uh, thanks again. And um, yeah, and uh, looking forward to the chat. Okay. So uh, to begin with, Michael, let's talk about asset management maturity models. Uh, say I'm a novice coming into asset operations. How would you explain what an asset maturity curve actually is? I guess it's about um, how do you evolve and, and improve your business? You know, they... Um, the same process has been around for many years and, and people are forever looking at ways to, to do it um, better and, and um, improve their overall performance. There's a lot of cost and um, expense that goes into maintaining, you know, assets that, uh, and they're, they're there for a good, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, some of them. And so how do you make the most of that? How do you improve that at uh, all? The better you can be with those type of assets, the, the more profit and more margin and, and the more uptime that you would have with, with those assets. So less of an impact to the customer, um, better uh, uh, performance around your, uh, I guess, uptime for an asset. And so if, particularly if you're a um, essential service provider, I mean, that, that, is, that is crucial. It's not just about um, cost and it's not just about your performance, but it's also about how do you um, keep the lights on, so to speak, without interrupting um, and, and keep, keep organizations and communities and, and countries moving. And, and I guess um, it's a way of, constantly improving uh, what it is that you do in terms of managing those assets, correct? Yeah, for sure. And and with access to information now and um, technology, there's a lot more insights can be um, obtained from um, multiple sources that, that allows people to, to improve. It's not just about um, 
you know, years of experience of individuals. Um, information is being presented now in ways that has never been able to consume. And the sheer amount of data that, that exists um, to get insights um, is, is huge. And so the, the possibility or the opportunity to improve um, has increased significantly with um, the likes of IoT and, and quantum computing and, and technologies that, that um, give you insights and give you the ability to suggest or predict or um, indicate that something should be done well in advance of, of doing it. Okay. And, and I guess these models, uh, they're not new. Uh, they have sort of common dimensions, if you like. And I recall you mentioning that there are a number of ISO ones. Uh, so what are some of the, the standard dimensions, if you like, to these models? I, I think it's really about changing from a, a reactive to more of a proactive um, uh, nature of your business. And so how you could sit back and wait for an asset to fail or you could get out in front of it. And if you, you know, if it's a little bit like, um, you know, your own car, if your car breaks down and you're in the middle of the motorway and and you you could do damage to your car, you've got the expense that somebody's got to come out to fix you, you've got the inconvenience that happens as a result of being stuck in the motorway um, in the middle of the night. And um, so you've got a whole raft of um, secondary costs that, that you now need to face because um, you have this reactive approach to, to life. Um, so the, the maturity curve is just saying, I'm not going to sit back and wait for it to happen. I want to be out in front of it. So I'm going to um, do regular maintenance on my um, car. I'm going to change my oil on a regular top basis. I'm, I'm going to bring it in and get it serviced and get out in front of it so that um, all of the assets that we have, manufacturers provide them with specifications around, you know, used X amount of times, they'll last for X amount of years. Um, and so being able to um, be more proactive allows you to maybe extend the life of that. So um, the maturity curve is really about how do you take uh, a business that is reactive to the world to maybe getting a little bit more organized, maybe you're planning your work instead of it, you know that it's going to happen because your manufacturers are telling you that that something's going to happen. So maybe you can um, plan to get out in front of it. Um, maybe you can take some um, preventative actions to, to stop it from happening. Um, and may, maybe you can even get to um, experience it that's around predicting that it's it's always going to happen because I've um, it the manufacturer says that if you use it this amount of time and I've used it more than that is it likely that um, it will fail sooner because it's being overused and so that maturity curve is about how you look at um, your own processes, your actions, your the way you treat your assets, and how can you 
get to that point where um, you've reduced your costs down to uh, the minimum because you know um, your the state of your business. And I guess across these uh, different models that there are out there, you have things like asset information management and analytics. We do, um, and we have got even um, assets now that talk to us that proactively tell you um, that something's not right. There's alarms, there's data that's feeding that says, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Oops, I'm not fine. And and you can you can also look at that from an analytical perspective and, and look at trends and um, analyze you know, the, the running of an asset uh, over periods of time, 24, tw- you know, se- 24 hours, sort of seven days, maybe align that to how busy you are. And, and you and suddenly with the, the idea of analytics, you can now get trends and um, you know that if you do these things in your business, then these are the consequences. And so you can start to plan and be a bit more, um, again, get into um, preventative maintenance. Okay. And, and moving up from being reactive to preventative is, is a sign of you're maturing and you're being more um, engaged with your, with your business. I guess um, something like engine management systems in, in your car. You know, you, you can move from a reactive scenario where the car breaks down and you've got no idea what's wrong to a, a model where, you know, a warning light of some sort comes on. The smarter they get, um, the more you know uh, about what's actually wrong in any given scenario. Um, definitely, definitely. And um often now with cars even simple things where um you're getting notified because there's a change in your air pressure yeah you know is that the is that an early warning sign that you've got a puncture about to happen you've got a leak that's happening um and and so that's that's all about um examples of getting preventing the issue before it before it happens Let's talk a little bit about um, process management as, as part of moving up the maturity curve. I suppose uh, at a practical level, an example of a process um, that's, that, that you can mature is paper-based reporting systems and you know, moving that into more of a, a digitized realm. Well, yeah, it's, um, a good example is, is around the, the work management um process and within a business and you know in the past you would you would print out your work orders you would go off you would do your do your work you would come back you would enter into your system of record that you have completed that work and um with technology now you uh, and maturity you you're not you have your work you've moved up the maturity curve because you're planning your work that's good you're out in the um, out in the field doing the work that you have planned, so you're not reactive anymore. You're you're doing planned work, and that's that's a good thing. But with the example of um, the simple iPad and and being able to see the work orders on a 
um, intelligent screen in the field. You can also, with, with GIS systems that overlap your work order management system, suddenly get a, um, a geographic view of the area that, that allows you to not just see the assets that you've planned to do, but also assets or work that's in the region that is also um, able, that requires work, but maybe just not necessarily um, on your list to do. And, and so that's, that's incredibly important because you've just sent this expensive crew out to this area. They're fixing a thing that you knew you needed to fix but the, you fixed it early and the, te the team is sitting there with um, no more work. You've now got access to look at work that's in the region. And instead of coming back to base, you can simply just go to that other area and do that work. And so that's, that's about optimizing your processes and, and reducing your cost ar around the cost of that team because you're not just doing the work that you've been planned, you're doing the work that is um, unplanned, um, right. but but needed. Yeah, and I, I guess you're reducing double handling and actually speed to insight is actually improved as a consequence of not having to enter the data manually or twice. Um, That's so, right. Uh, I, I guess the the next dimension that's that's often talked about here is reliability and performance, and, and you've kind of touched on that in terms of uh, the the asset maturity curve allows you to sweat your assets more effectively. But um, what are some of the aspects of of reliability and increased performance um, that you would highlight? Well, it's 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 also been understanding there there are some assets that you don't mind that they fail or you know they're less expensive when they do fail. There's more assets that there's some assets that you really do want to prevent them fail because when they fail they are expensive. So we often talk about sweating the asset, but sometimes um, just being able to replace it because they're not expensive um, quickly before they fail is just as, as good as any maintenance. And it's, it's as simple as replacing it. Yeah. The um, more and more, I think organizations are, are looking at, um, I guess, just managing their costs, I suppose. It's, it's making sure you've, you have a defined budget around maintenance. How do you, how do you apply that to the right things? Mm -hmm. So an, another aspect is you, your governance and, and your standards. And I, I imagine that, you know, from a process standpoint, you want to have people working to certain standards, recording the condition of uh, assets in the field and, and know what is an acceptable standard of work and not an acceptable standard of work. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and it's driven, you know, it's driven by industry standards or, um, you know, the, the ISO standards is driven by the requirements or the specifications from the manufacturers of the assets. Um, and, and it's driven by, you know, budgets around what you expect 
the cost of of that asset is in terms of maintaining so um a lot of applications now and a lot of processes um are have pre-configured to capture the right information that we need to make those decisions to to try and get a good accurate um condition the i think everybody has a, a view of the condition and everybody wants to get to drive condition-based maintenance but it's also about the probability of that condition being accurate you could you could um you could have the condition of the asset but the probability of that condition being accurate being uh, accurate is is only improved by the amount of information that you've got on it um and so the more information you can have to increase the probability of something happening is um is huge okay um i, I guess one that um people often overlook or um, don't pay as much uh, credence to, especially if they come from a systems background, is your people and culture. And you know, when we talk about cultures of safety, cultures of um, uh, quality, um, is probably the single most important thing to, to be focused on, some would argue. Yes, certainly. And... Um you know, you you do need to be able to move up that maturity curve in a safe way. And but most of the work that is done, it's not just about capturing information at that asset. It's also uh, each work order would would have a safety plan. It would have steps that are done in a particular way, and and also um, make. And I guess this is also about being able to move up that maturity curve. When we talk about organizations who send people out to do work in the field, you need to not only just have the equipment and the right um, uh, the equipment to be able to do that effectively, and you know you're in the right location at the right time, but you also have to have the right skills, and and you can't have this situation around. Um, where you're putting people into the field to do work and and you you don't have this all the the skills on in the team to do it it's not just from a cost effective perspective it's about you want qualified people to do it who are skilled and are going to keep them safe um and you know you you often sort of um have a crew that goes out uh to fix to fix an issue and and organizations look at the truck and the crew as a team that goes together and you have to bring together those skills as well as the the qualifications as well as the tools to come together to to be optimized and so being being mature at that process is that you've thought of all those things you've optimized the last thing you want to do is get out to do that work order and you realize you're not qualified to do it or you don't have the equipment to do it and then you have to then go back and um, back to the depot back reschedule and you're just you're just adding more cost and and I suppose there is the aspect of of know-how and experience. Uh, and the transfer of of know how or knowledge from uh, different crews 
to another crew, um, but likewise between different generations in the, in the workforce? Um, sure. And, and I think the experience comes in, in different forms. There's, there's obviously the, the training and development required to, to I know how to fix this. But a lot of the intel and the experience is, is also coming from um, when to do it. And so, you know, some of the older generations knew that they needed to do things because they have 20, 30 years experience. Um, the newer generation don't have that. And so information and technology is giving them that insights. It's saying, this has got the potential to fail. You should do something about it. You should go and investigate. And that takes them to a situation where they can actually do something. They can leverage their training and development around how to how to make the change. So it's it's twofold, really. It's it's I have the I have my um, training and development that says I can physically I'm qualified and physically able to make this change and fix this asset. But it's it's the ability to get you into that place that you can do that um, and be optimized. And so that's where we're finding the concept of a single view of an asset, um, alarms and, and IoT, um, talking proactively to um, organizations to say, there's something wrong. My temperature is, is increasing. And if it continues to increase, it's going to happen. So, so that gives people the insights to I better go and have a look at this. I'm going to need somebody to go and have a look at that who knows about this particular asset. Um, in the past, you waited, you either had the experience that you should do something about it or you waited for it to fail and and then it was reactive. And I guess the, the last uh, dimension are the tools and technologies. And I, and I guess having touched on some of the systems so far what's probably true is that creating truly intelligent systems and uh, intelligent digital assets is actually the application of digitization across all of those preceding five dimensions so your asset information your analytics your process management your reliability and performance your governance and standards, as well as your people and culture. So, you know, the the uh, aspect of digital transformation as it applies in asset management actually touches every part of uh, the asset maturity curve. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. I think if you want to really look at the performance of your asset and or, or do asset performance management, you really are digitalizing your business. You're taking, um, you, you're leveraging technology, you're leveraging, leveraging data, you're leveraging information and, and you are, um, you're making decisions based on information that's been prevent, presented to you. Um, it, if you want to digitalize your business or or move to asset performance management, from my perspective, it's the same thing. You 
and you can't do one without the other. So that's uh, been a great overview, Michael, of your know, asset maturity models and um, some of the systems aspects to, to consider. In next week's episode, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into the system side of things so that we can understand better some of the different areas to take into account around operational uh, excellence, advanced analytics, business apps, and their the operation of asset management, intelligent interfaces, and uh, becoming uh, a digital asset management operation. So with that said, um, thanks for your time uh, today, Michael, and we'll talk again next week. Great. No, thank you for having me. For more on getting the most out of the world's leading asset management system, IBM Maximo, check out certasolutions.com.